Welcome to the Three Educated Brothers Podcast, a podcast about all things education through the experiences of three black men in the field. My name is Edmonds. My name is Mark. And my name is Gladstone. Um, and today we're coming at you with our, our third episode. Um, we had our launch two weeks ago. Two. Today. Um, well, today we're going to release this. So it was actually last week. But Why are you always saying dates? That's not, that's not <laughs> it important. It makes it minded. <laughs> but, you know, I think, you know, we got a lot of love and a lot of great and positive feedback um, from our first two episodes. So, you know, I think I personally want to say, you know, thank you all for listening in. And, and we appreciate all the feedback. Yeah. And straight up, like, thank you for those, those who... Um, you know, we all have friends who we engage in critical dialogue with. I think it's a unique situation now that, you know, we're actually taking that dialogue and, and you know, spreading it with, with our community. But um, special thanks to all those who really, like, pushed me specifically in, you know, if a topic was brought up, like, this is the point to have this conversation. So, um, you know, shout out to y'all. And, again, thank you. I appreciate my uh, fellow educators for listening in. Uh, it's nothing more validating to go to work. And to have conversations with people who heard the podcast and was just saying thank you. You know, my, my, my colleague was just um, so much appreciative after hearing it because it, it really kind of reaffirmed the work that we do together. The one that was at the event? The one that was at the event. She the homie. <laughs> I met her for like two minutes, but like she was she was dope. She yeah, was dope. So, was dope. Um, uh, and, and again, we, we encourage you to share with your friends, um, whether they're in the field or not. Uh, follow the podcast, uh, Three Educated Brothers, um, and the Facebook page, um, online, SoundCloud, and we just hope that you keep tuning in um, because we're gonna keep bringing the heat. Yeah, fire, fire. So, um, I guess we want to start talking about you know how our days are, how our lives are. Yeah, we, where we check are in, in this in this space has been you know a challenging few days. Everybody's busy. I sound like my nose is all stuffed up. Stop it. You sound great. You know, but we you know we're here. So what's going on, guys? How y'all feeling? Man, so <laughs> funny you ask. I was on a I was on a school visit in Queens, and I was just walking down the street, and um, like an elderly black woman. I saw her looking at me from a long ways away, and you know it's like, like sometimes it's awkward to make eye contact from so far away, and it's like, do you look away? We we obviously acknowledge each other, so we actually maintained eye contact for like, like ten yards, um, and I came up to her, and she obviously wanted to say something, so she was like, um, you remind me of my my nephew Sonny. and you know, joking around, I was like, oh, Sonny must be a good looking <laughs> dude, and she. You know, like her facial expression didn't change. She stared me straight in the eye and she was like, listen, like, this is a crazy world we're living in right now. And, and I see you walking down the street and I see the burden and the baggage that you're carrying on your shoulders. And I want to let you know, like, I see my nephew. I see him in you. Um, he actually passed away four years ago um, and he was getting involved in this and that. Um, and I see you and I see the way that you carry yourself. And I want to let you know that you're loved um, and that you have a community around you, even though you may not see us every day. Um, you know, we we are beautiful and we have this support and it, you know this was I was in my mind I was thinking about what I was going to talk about in terms of like grading policy and facilitation shifts and you know it just grounded me for a second you know because I think I, I tend to lose myself and, and almost go on autopilot when it comes to navigating the world um, and so like having that moment with just like a complete stranger was like Dang. you know it yes. just put me in the right mind so her nephew passed or her nephew passed four years ago because oh, okay. he was you know not um, in the world it's, love, yeah. it's just so interesting how like I'm, I'm just thinking about like how this idea of like 
it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a child, and the fact that like this stranger, who was a black woman, just validated your whole experience mm-hmm. in about two minutes, yeah. and just changed your whole day. And now you're sharing that with us, and now you're sharing that story with the world. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I just love our people. Yeah, for I sure. I'm, I'm, I'm doing. I mean, you sharing that has made me just uh, feel even better about my day. Work is hard, but work is work. Um, I still love my job, but I'm going back tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's been it's it's been, it's been difficult, but I'm looking forward to um, just just the breaks coming up. Uh, and and yeah, how about you, Ed? Oh, uh, I'm good, man. Maintaining, just been really busy, and you know, just you know, dabbling all a bunch of different things that yeah. I normally do. Professor, and um, apparently, <laughs> um, office hours on deck, huh? Office hours, yeah, don't come through. Um, <laughs> <laughs> joking, but um, in, in a good space, just you know, just tired, man. You know, we always run around, you know, and gotta make sure we have times for us, time for ourselves. You know, self care is so important. Um, I think that's. I think I'm finally starting to realize that. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, to make sure you have time for yourself, um, make sure you have time to unplug and just, you know, take care of yourself. Because if, if not, if you're not taking care of yourself, who's going to take care of you? All right. So, you know, to, let's, you know, let's dive into, you know, what we're going to talk about today. So, you know, today, you know, we're, we're coming at you all um, in a humble fashion with a lot of humility. You know, we're, we, we're going to have a conversation. The topic of discussion today is, you know, we're going to talk about rape culture. Right. Um. And you know we had a, we had other topics um, on our minds and on our hearts um, for this episode, but with all of you know what's going on in the media and the news around you know sexual assault, sexual assault in entertainment, um, in government, sports, in sports, um, in academia, just everywhere, everyday life, right? <clears throat> everyday life. Um, we thought that it was important for us to have a conversation reflecting on what's going on. Um, and addressing it from our perspective and talking about, you know, what can we do um, to combat to combat racial, um, pardon me, rape culture um, in schools and, and, and educational spaces. And a lot of, you know, us like, you know, just talking about what the topics that we're going to have and planning for this podcast, it was really challenging. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about this for like a week. Um, you know, deciding even, you know, should we even address this conversation? Do we even feel comfortable talking about it? So, yeah, um, it's on my mind because I, I realized like this topic is so sensitive. Um, obviously, not because I go through this experience, but I help unconsciously and sometimes consciously perpetuate um, rape culture. Yeah. Um, and it's rough because I realize. The reason why we have to have this conversation is because if we don't, it happens anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to open these doors up to have these conversations because when the doors are closed, the conversation is often not constructive. Right. Mm-hmm. And what we are trying or aiming to do, in my heart, I really believe, is trying to carve out a space for black men who, who want to talk about rape culture and have this space to acknowledge that you know, we are part of it. Mm-hmm. What can we do about it? And how it looks in our classrooms, and how we can we can push back against it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sitting here like almost outside of myself because I know you know we had a lot of the discussions with each other and with um, women in our lives about how we should approach this topic and and everything like that. And like I I don't know as the episode came closer, 
you know, is I couldn't even eat before this. Like, even as I speak, I feel my male privilege, like, oozing out my orifices. I feel the patriarchy kind of, like, engraving itself in the hearts of our viewers. And, like, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's um, real. yeah, nah, it's like, you know, the same, you know, the purpose of this podcast, this, this episode is to, you know, open up a dialogue that, you know, in the ideal world and in the end goal is to, you know, have some sort of healing, have this community where we can actually um, not only talk about it, but then have tangible steps for change. Um, and my, my apprehension comes from if the fact that us three are three black men and we're having this conversation, like the same healing that we would like to produce or like be a part of, you know, may evoke the trauma that we're trying to, right. you know, we're trying to avoid or trying to, um, what's the, amend, mm -hmm. um, because it's solely because of the fact that we do not have a woman present. Right. And I wanted to, I wanted to mention, like, in one of the previous episodes, Ed, you had said that, you know, when the time comes, we, you know, when it, when a topic pertains to women, it was in the conversation of whether we should have a woman guest on the show, um, or, or like women on the show in general to have that voice. And you said, when the time comes, we will have a woman when the topic pertains to them or whatever it may be. Right. So like, I just wanted to ask you and Mark as well. Um, what is more necessary to have a woman in the conversation than the conversation on rape culture? So I think it's, I think it's obviously important to have a woman, mm. um, engage a part of this conversation. Um, but a big part of me also feels that, you know, just as men, I, I think it's very important for us to be, you know, amongst ourselves to be critical about the world around us, just period, right? Mm. But we also need to be critical about how we've been socialized um, to engage and treat and respond to women. Um, and I think obviously a woman in this conversation can, you know, can obviously tell us through her through her personal experiences. Um, a lot of that, as well as you know, one woman has one woman's personal experiences might differ from other women, mm. right? So I, I'm not saying that. I don't believe that privileging a woman's voice in this conversation is necessary. Um, but I do believe that it's also important for us to carve out a space as three men mm. to have this conversation amongst each other. And obviously, you know, I don't want to talk up, I don't want to talk from a woman's perspective because I can't. Um, I don't want to bring I'm not talking about women, I'm only talking about myself, um, how I contribute to this and how I want to work towards getting to a better place mm. to, to you know to contribute less as mm. I move on, like this the idea of becoming, right? Yeah. Um, shout out to Maxine Green. You know, mm. it, it, you know, I, I had that push and pull too. And, you yeah, know, Pat yeah. and I have gone back and forth. You know, because I think, I, you know, we talk about the patriarchy and and and, and under like this thinking about this topic. I, I I've always understood my male privilege mm -hmm. to a certain extent, right? But when I'm thinking about this topic a lot more, mm -hmm. I'm like, shit. It causes you to interrogate what that it, really looks it, like. It sometimes. really, yeah. It, it causes you to to really break it down because you take it a step further, right? Us as black men, right? We always talk about this racial privilege that you know that we mm. do not have, mm. right? But as men, period, you know, um, remove our racial identity away from it, we have a lot of we have a lot more privilege. And so we're, we're going to be talking about able-bodied man, like cisgendered man. Yeah. So, you know. and with that, I really want to like interject, right? Um, because I want to say like this talk about rape culture, sexual assault, sexual harassment is going to focus primarily on rape when it comes to cis men and against cis women. Right, um, but it's vital to note, and you know, and we know, right, that rape culture affects trans and gender non-conforming people at an alarming rate. Mm -hmm. You know, and I want to put this to the viewers: 
again, we're, we're focusing on how uh, cis men, um, you know, and cis women primarily, and not to exclude uh, people that identify as uh, trans and gender non-conforming people. Um, and I think it's important, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want people to feel excluded, but trying to invite people in. And to address your question, because mm-hmm. I was the one that brought it up in the last episode, too, or the first episode, I think it was. Um, and I think Edmund will, will win me over, because again, I'm going to say that it's not too often you have, you know, black men actually interrogating what this is consciously, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the fact that we're doing that makes me feel comfortable. And mm-hmm. I'm going to just, you know, ask the people that who are listening and as you have this conversation, that my norm that I actually be abide by for the listeners and, and our speakers is that assume what we're saying is coming from a good place, mm-hmm. right? And that things that we say, uh, we don't only assume to it, we don't assume to it be, to be true, but also it comes from a place of wanting to know more mm-hmm. and understanding. It's um, tough. It's tough because I would, like, coming from a white voice, if they're talking about my reality, like, that assumption of good intentions means nothing to me. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's intent versus impact. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. of course. you know what I'm saying? Um, and what what you're also saying, um, I I hear that my I guess another one of my I, why I was saying that I feel outside of myself is because if we're going to you know then provide kind of like strategies to combat slash cope not cope combat um, with this like rape culture in everyday life and also in schools um, the the discomfort that I feel in in positing solutions without the demographic here that is, you know, widely affected by it mm-hmm. is, you know, that's that's difficult. Like, if we're going to talk about remediation strategies Absolutely. without a woman here, yeah. um, you know, like that, it doesn't sit well. And I hear you. And, I, and again, like, I appreciate you for being vulnerable, mm. right? And I'm going to say, you know, you here, and we we agreed to have this conversation. conversation And um, I think we should we should we're gonna we're gonna get into it, right? Because at the end of the day, right, like when it comes to my classroom, right, the only reason I've been able to have this conversation Mm -hmm. on real culture is because my colleague was there, right. Mm -hmm. The only reason we're doing this podcast is because we've consulted multiple like. Um, people outside, women mm-hmm. and men, about mm-hmm. the conversation, mm-hmm. and not saying that we feel 100 percent equipped to carry on. Mm-hmm. Was like, you know what? This is something that we, that we that we have to do, mm-hmm. and if we don't, right? People gonna judge judge people no matter what, right? right? right so right. if if we, cause silence is complicity. Yeah. So yeah. if we don't have the conversation, people might as well be like, yo, they are yeah. cool with yeah, the yeah, idea. So you know what? Yeah. It's so it's, and it's okay. So I feel like we should like definitely yeah. um, jump in. And, and, and get a little risky. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, I think, you know, I think it's better to have a conversation, um, admit our faults, mm. um, admit our wrongdoings, um, and be vulnerable, you know, in, in this space yeah. and, and mm-hmm. with the goal of moving forward. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I think, you know, just the idea of acknowledging, you know, that, you know, we want to privilege women's voices. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we plan on doing so, you know, through um, a lot of the articles that we, we've read to prepare for this for this um, podcast and, and the discussion, um, all um, written by women. Um, <clears throat> and I know it's not enough, but, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a positive step forward, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking, like, yo, yo, like, you talk to men, and the first time we had this conversation, we were all super uncomfortable, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, like, how do we, how do we get to be the people uncomfortable having this conversation when there's right. so many people who are affected by it. Mm. Right, right, right. When we're right. in the privilege, right? Mm. And then, you know, moving forward, it's, it's like, 
what if this conversation between us men, yeah. right, opens up the doors for other men yeah. to be more comfortable in having this conversation? And then I guess, you know, even further, you know, we can invite guests that, you know, that we that we want to have on the show, like mm. to have that voice, because you also another part of it, we could have had a we could have had a, a, a female voice and a female perspective on the show, but it's also we want to we want to be very careful about who we you know who we bring into the mm. into the conversation. Um, also, my heart too is like, it's 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 like I feel almost wrong for even saying how this makes me uncomfortable, right? Because mm-hmm. if the idea of rape culture discussing it makes me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I don't even go through it, imagine I'm I'm, I'm forced to imagine mm-hmm. how women in my life feel mm-hmm. who have to deal with an everyday mm-hmm. uh, 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 instances when they're being catcalled, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Things are being said to them, mm-hmm. bosses, mm-hmm. right? Whether they're students or not. It's happening all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't even want to... I, I, I kind of want to just uh, jump in and just stop saying how uncomfortable we are, right? Because, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if we're comfortable speaking about it, mm-hmm. right, after the podcast ends, we have the privilege enough to close the mic down and yeah. and it, it ceased to exist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I imagine um, when it comes to, uh, for a woman, this thing is ongoing, right. mm-hmm. no matter what. It's like, um, what's the word, ubiquitous? It's, 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 it's everywhere, mm-hmm. Um Forever present in their lives, mm-hmm. so like again, like it's privileged enough to even feel vulnerable, to feel like I'm uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which makes you imagine like we have we have now took a step to empathize with the woman in our lives, mm-hmm. right? And which makes you be like, yo, we need to have this conversation again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we should just definitely maybe start by maybe should we define what rape culture is, Ed? You yeah, think? I, no, I think, before we define, I think <clears throat> I also want to highlight the, the level of, of vulnerability necessary to have to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Just period, right? Um, because, like, an, I think another, one step of it is, like, men not feeling comfortable um, from, like, from what we're talking about. We, you know, we feel discomfort because we don't want to speak for women or mm-hmm. um, we don't know how our words might be taken or how, the effect that our words might have. Um... But then there's also men who are just uncomfortable with just, like, talking about this in the sense that they're complacent in where they are with, within this culture. Mm-hmm. And, unco- and, you know, and having this conversation will highlight that, you know, that they are um, transgressors or mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. like, at fault in having this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think there's multiple levels of um, discomfort and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely want to highlight, you know, where we're coming um, from in having this conversation. So I guess, you know, to, to start things off, <clears throat> we want to define rape culture, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a text that's from the Women's Center um, from Marshall University. So rape culture is an environment in which rape is prevalent and in which sexual violence against women is normalized and excused in media and pop culture. Rape culture is perpetuated through the use of misogynistic language, the, obje- the objectification of women's bodies, and the glamorization of sexual violence, thereby creating a society that disregards women's rights and safety. Right, so that that's like the the, the definition um, of rape culture, and you know when we think about like rape culture, like I have like to be real, like to be honest, right? Twenty seven years old, PhD from Columbia, I have been privy. I first became privy to like what rape culture is, maybe like my sophomore year in college mm. and and that was from a, an experience that I forced my that, you know that I that I went out to seek mm. right so mm. <clears throat> in college um, I, I took a course a series of courses around diversity and social mm-hmm. justice mm-hmm. 
And, and a lot of it came from like just my racial identity. I'm like, okay, yo, I think this class can really speak towards me and my racial identity. But in that class, we talked about many different um, acts of societal like um, violence. I would say, yeah, right? Yeah. So we talked about classism, racism. Um, privilege just in general, um, ability, mm-hmm. and disability, um, and five themes. I forget the, I forget the last theme. Ageism? Mm, they're talking about that now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't in the course when I, when I was there. Good but, shot, though. Um, in, in, that, in that space, right, and it's like, yo, like, as, as a young man, um, never, n- never did I have to reflect on myself being a, that's when I first started reflecting on myself being a man mm-hmm. and I continue to do it to this point but as I, as we were preparing for this conversation I, in my reflections I'm like shit I have a lot of work to do yeah. like, there's still more work to do right, and right, I don't right. think like I, I don't think we ever you know you, like this whole, this whole thing about be, like the analogy is like being woke yeah, right? yeah. And, and I hate the term in a sense because it's like you know when the wrong people use a term and don't understand the term like okay I'm woke I'm good yeah, yeah. right I'm, I'm, I, I reached this, this, this peak and I, I can't I can't go any further from there, but it's mm-hmm. the idea of like you know just be like staying awake, yeah. right, 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 or like you know like there's always work for us to do yeah. in becoming better mm-hmm. and becoming more understanding and becoming more empathetic to the real the realities of others. So mm-hmm. like, long story back, um, th- that's the first time I saw from a year in college when I really was like, yo, like being a man, I have male privilege. Even mm-hmm. being a black man, I still have male privilege, mm-hmm. um, and I have to acknowledge that. And I have to be more conscious with my engagement and interactions that I have with women. Mm. Right. I appreciate what you were saying about wokeness because, you know, in many, in many, you know, whatever the social category may be, race, class, gender, we have these conversations. We may have professional developments at our school. We may have, you know, these conversations. And it's almost, it's almost like by saying you're woke, you've reached this like certain like pedestal where you know you can you can be a part of these people, you can have these conversations. But the real thing is what you were saying with Maxine Green. It's about becoming the true indication of culturally relevant teaching is the thought of continuously improving your craft, continuously realizing that we're in a culture and society that's ever evolving. And if you are not, um, you are you are not culturally relevant or you are not woke. Um, and so, like, I appreciate you bringing it up. And it's also crazy uh, with something else that you said that, you know, an institution like college where students have so many, like, developmental and just lifelong lessons that they learn, you know, that it could be barred from such a large, like, portion of our society. And so, but I had a similar thing where it was, like, in college, I think it was my freshman year, we had a class called, I forget the name, but it was along the lines of media culture and perception. Did you have to take it? No. So it's an elective. So that's, it was an elective. Thing, right? It's an yeah. elective. So that's, that's yeah. a whole other conversation. That's another conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was sociology and communications in college, and, and it was like media, media mm-hmm. um, culture, and representation along those lines. And, you know, so she, I remember my teacher telling me that she was like, after you take this class, you'll never be able to exist in this world without um, being critical of everything you see. Yeah. And, like, She's not lying. Like, she put me on a trajectory towards, like, you know, you think about, like, Old Spice commercials where it's, like, mm-hmm. or, or, like, Arby's commercials where it's, like, you know, playing off of this man-made idea yep. of masculinity. So, like, looking, remembering that class was when I first really started thinking about the ways in which in everything that you do and everything that you encompass is those 
unchecked biases mm-hmm. until they're checked. Right. Because we're born into this society. We're born, it's called the social death, where it's like the moment that you're born into a community where, you know, your walls are blue because you're a boy, you, you're playing with Barbies because you're a girl. These gender reveals that we're having, like blue and pink, like this is all that child is then going to be born into a society where those are the standards and then they have to actively combat them. Yep. So, I want to go uh, I want to keep the conversation grounded and like because I'm, I'm in the because you, you, you were very very vulnerable in discussing your Edmund, you were very vulnerable mm-hmm. discussing your experience of when you first you know Kind of really, forsake that, yeah, and, yeah. and you didn't really do that. So I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to have this conversation <laughs> very intentionally sure. about when it comes to like, because I think it's very easy to be like talk about rape culture and go and, and, and go and go into like gender, like. Yeah, so yeah, I want, yeah. I want, I want to piggyback of what, what what Edmund said about like when he first kind of like it was like he was forced to interrogate your own biases when it comes to like rape culture and how you play within the system, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say I'm 25. And I, I never really heard of the term until literally, unfortunately, um, last year as an educator. Mm-hmm. And my colleague was basically like, yo, we do a rape culture unit here. And I was just like, what? And, like, you know, she gave me the, she gave me the, um, the, the chance to actually be like, you can do something else. Mm-hmm. But basically in this house... In this department, we do rape culture unit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get with it. Mm-hmm. And then we spent 7.30, 6.30 p.m. after work, not even planning curriculum, but her really talking to me about this system mm-hmm. or this, 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 this thing I was kind of like oblivious to, mm-hmm. right? And not that like... I don't want people to think that, oh, like, here we go. Another black woman had to teach another black man mm. how he par- participates in this messed up structure. No, out of love. Right, right. You know, and me reading mm. and asking questions, I was really forced to be like, man, I'm part of this thing that I didn't even know I was a part of. I was like socially baptized, mm-hmm. right? Social death. In, uh, so, social death, right. Into this into this thing called... Because um, uh, <laughs> I want to push, push back too because yeah. I think that the conversation on gender is right. it's a performance. Yeah. Like all of this... No, like, I, I, I get that. I get that, right? Because I think, I think when we talk about gender, like I think obviously it plays into this idea of rape culture, right? right, right. But I think specifically we're talking about how we as Mark... Pat and Edmund, mm-hmm. right? Were forced to recognize, or when, when this came about for us. Like, I'm not, I don't want to talk about like give examples like, oh, this and this, sure, but more sure. so this idea of like. So it came to me last year almost, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. which is for lack of a better word, mad late, right? <laughs> um, but I'm happy now that I know, right? Or I'm in a process of knowing, mm-hmm. right? Where I can like, um, just be just be mindful of my actions, and and I'm gonna be real, like. Every day is a struggle because sometimes I'm, I'm able to check myself and sometimes um, my partner has to check me. And, like, that was messed up what you said. I'm like, you know what? You're right. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like, what would you call this idea of becoming and learning? It's an uncomfortable process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to address, I see what you're saying, to address, you know, my... The first thing that came to mind was um, there was an instance where I returned to college after... 
being in college, like as an alumni, probably one of my first years out. Um, and I returned to the environment of a sweatbox party. Y'all heard of those? No. Sweatbox parties, jean stains on the wall. That's all you got. You got to cook bad. some pasta just to have because it's because of liquor in the room. <laughs> Yo, it, it, you know, it's it's barbaric. It's savagery. Mm. Um, and and <laughs> and just the the type of behavior that is encouraged in those environments, not only encouraged, but Mm -hmm. then like looked down upon Mm -hmm. for somebody not engaging in that environment um, was one of the first times where I was like, wow, like a lot of the, you know, a lot of the activities that I may have been engaging with were, were, you know, very, very rooted in this rape culture and and like the idea of you know going to a like the liquid courage like going to a party and having to drink before because mm-hmm. you know like something so you're hoping something's going to pop off or you get more confident because of that um you know I, I would say that was my first time and then also simultaneous with that i had a girl in college and i think that my mindset was so rooted in rape culture that i didn't appreciate her mm. and i didn't love her the way she should have been i appreciate the shout out to you you know who you is <laughs> oh okay we doing that now. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know so in my feelings and i, I you know it's cool, and, that, and that, nothing's wrong with that we, yeah. we're, we're accepting we're embracing, I feel, yeah. we're embracing it we love it we're growing yeah um i you know i think so like you know, talking about you know how how we how we've been complicit at you know this, the socialization of men, mm. right? Uh, the socialization the socialization of everyone, because there are also women who are complicit in rape culture as well, right? In the sense where. Um, I've heard women like say like, "Yo, you know, if you're wearing that, you know, what are you expecting?" Or you know, what right. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's to the point where that victim blaming. Yeah, the victim blaming, mm. but it's 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 the socialization, right? It's like the society perpetuates this 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 um this image or this this ideal that that everybody must follow. Um, and if you don't follow, then you're then then you then you must have been doing something wrong. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and this song, and I think it's also important too, because like like for my like. I'm a person that you give me a definition, and I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? So I think it's important to, like, maybe, should we list some examples really, really quickly, maybe? So mm-hmm. um, this is from Everyday uh, fem- Feminism, uh, and this example... It, it has What's 20- an example of? Uh, so this article, Everyday Feminism, the article is called uh, 25 Everyday Examples of Rape Culture, mm. and it just it really just lists, like, crazy amount of examples. Uh, obviously, there's more. So for example... Pop music that tells women you know you want it because of these blurred lines, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, or another example, a judge who sentenced um, a 50-year-old man, 30 days in jail, and he was the one who raped um, a, a, a 14-year-old girl mm-hmm. who later committed suicide and uh, defended that the girl was older than her chronological age, mm-hmm. right? There's, mm-hmm. there's, and there's so much more. Companies that create um, uh, decals of a woman bound and gagged in order to promote their business. Mm-hmm. Another one, people who believe that girls allow themselves to be raped. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, and also like just moving forward, I think about like examples that exist in our, in our cultures, in our, in our community specifically, right? It's like the, the smallest thing that, that I'm still working on is calling women chicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I'm like, oh, that chick over there or whatever right. the case. You know, that's, that's just how I grew up. That's, yeah. that's part of my discipline course yeah um and it's something that i had to check myself yeah. when i got to college um we when i got to college i always referred to any 
person of the female gender as a girl, mm-hmm. right? But then my, you know, my my mentor my, and professor is like, yo, nah, son, there's, there's a difference between a girl and there's a difference between a woman, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then also the hypersexualization of young girls, mm-hmm. right? I think there was something I saw on on the, on the news or on Facebook or something like that. Someone there's like a thir- the thir- a, there's a 13 year old actress, I forget her name, but she was like voted the sexiest actress alive. Wow, and she's 13 wow. years old, right? Yeah. Wow. Um, so you know, these are the things that. I think that that happened to like us, yeah. to the everyday people right. that that we engage in. Yes. That also um, contributes to, to this culture right. and this mentality of thinking that you know um, that women are kind of like sort of less than, or, yeah. right. or they Yo, weren't in their Even as small as I remember playing basketball as a kid, and when you cross somebody or somebody got dunked on, mm. literally it was a joke. And I quote, "Yo, you just got raped." Mm-hmm. It was, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, or for yeah, example, yeah. growing up, right, um, counting quote unquote bodies, mm-hmm. right? This idea, mm-hmm. like all of these things, right? Like mm-hmm. these, these, not even small, but these, these, these are all examples um, in rape culture, and, and, and it forces me to examine, like, man, like as I'm reflecting on my past, you know, past day, like. What did I do, mm-hmm. or what did I say yeah. mm-hmm. that was rooted subconsciously? Um, in, in, in this way of being right, that, right, I, right. that I had to really force myself to interrogate like what am I doing and I like I like that you brought up subconscious because you know we're, we sometimes gives examples of how we physically manifest these kind of um, biases and, and, and rape culture um, what's even scarier is the thought of individuals like you know, it's it's kind of politically correct to not say some wild shit like that. Yeah. Um, but if you're still thinking it, then what is you know the work is still not done just by existing and by not you know making anybody mad. If you still have those ideologies and like, so I'm I had this conversation with my boy the other day. It's like because we we're having this conversation and and you know when I walk into a room of like a social event. To say that I don't scan the room for, like, mm. what I find to be physically attractive, um, you know, is, is a lie. Like, yeah. it, it, it happens so quickly, and I think I've conditioned myself to be that way. Um, and, like, I'm, you know, I'm working towards not being that way. And I think I'm trying to be tr- as transparent as possible because, obviously, like, yeah. it, if it was as easy as don't do it, you right. know, I wouldn't do it. Um, and so, like, even things like that, it's like... You know, I, I I guess my question is around like how to how to how to combat those like ideologies. It's like you can tell people not to say things, but then it's like if they say it behind closed doors yeah. or it's locker room talk or whatever it may be. Like mm-hmm. how with because that perpetuates the culture as well by you yeah. know ideology. You know. Yeah, I, I think a, a lot of it just comes down to like education, mm. um, training. Like deliberate, yeah. intentional oh, yeah. education and oh, training, yeah. oh, but yeah. you know oh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get to that later. But I, I kind of want to shift the conversation yeah. towards um, this idea that understand that, that that all women are obviously and definitely affected by this I, the um, by rape culture, right? Mm-hmm. In one way, shape, or form, or fashion, right? Um, but then we talk about our black and brown queens. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, um, you know, they're affected more, but they they they're also not. We're not appre- they're not appreciating the sense that you know, pe- you know, generally people don't believe them. Um, their 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 battles and fights are not brought to the forefront. Right. Um, so we have this video that we want to show, or we have the audio of the video that we're, we're going to play um, in a second. Um, and the title is um, "Here's How Black Women Were Left Out of the Sexual Assault Conversation," and it's a video that um, 
was found from Now This, um, the opt-ed. Um, and we're going to play it, and then we're going to have a quick reflection on it, and we're going to move forward. Recently, Jane Fonda said the public is only starting to care about the issue of sexual assault and harassment because most of the women coming forward are famous, rich, and white. And she's right. Stories like these have been happening to women of color for decades and no one talks about it. R. Kelly made a child bride out of singer Aaliyah when she was 15 years old. He's been charged with multiple felonies regarding sexual abuse of young girls and he's still getting away with it. His victims were mostly girls of color. And while the situations are different, the public response wasn't to start any kind of social movement or call for sweeping reform. It just became the butt of everyone's jokes. Radio stations still play his music and concert venues still host his shows. Over 79 women have accused Harvey Weinstein of sexual misconduct. And in the days after the story broke, Lupita Nyong'o was the first black woman to come out with her own story with Weinstein. And she just so happened to be the only woman who he responded to saying he remembered a different version of events. Anita Hill made waves in the 90s when she testified against Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. But she wasn't seen as a hero for doing this. She was vilified and had to go on TV in front of millions of people to talk about how she'd been harassed by her boss, only to have the people in power write her off as crazy. And the reality is, this happens every day. These percentages are really just the tip of the iceberg. For every one black girl who does report her sexual assault, 15 don't. And can you blame them? A Georgetown University study showed that adults view black girls as less innocent than their white counterparts. So we don't have the credibility or the value, which is why we don't have as many of the resources like crisis centers to come forward. This is a watershed moment for the issue of sexual assault and harassment. Survivors are all coming out because there's power in numbers. And we're finally seeing that staying silent has only perpetuated the problem. It's important to note that even if many of the high-profile survivors are rich white celebrities, it still took tons of women having the courage to stand up and publicly come forward with these extremely personal experiences for the world to pause and give them the mic. But while we're starting these new movements and having these conversations across countries and governments and industries, we have to remember, if we want to make change, we have to do it for all women. All right, and you know that video, that video slash audio was from now this again. Um, there are two quote, um, two stats um, that were in the video that were that were just in text, and we wanted to share that with you. The first one is twenty two percent of black women have experienced sexual assault, and the second is less than thirty five percent of all sexual assaults are ever even reported. Um, and you know, I just I really just wanted to highlight you know just how. Like I said earlier, all women are affected um, by rape culture, but when we when we when it gets to issues and incidents around women of color, black black and brown women, you know, they're they're less likely to be seen, they're less likely to be heard, and they're less likely to be advocated for. And as as you saw in the video too, like there's there's um, this rape culture at at all levels of the like where we're living like you know you could see the institutional impact that that had the judge literally like she was forced to testify in front of him um and you know it's it goes along with this victim blaming that we see so frequently and you know to even contrast that that um whole situation that was brought up like you think about brock turner uh a white student white college student that was caught raping an unconscious girl behind a dumpster and this boy got got 
what was it, six months and actually got off in three. Um, and the judge, who was notorious for kind of like having having an allegiance towards rape culture, or, honestly. Or, 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 yeah, or, or soft sentences um, when it comes to rape culture. He actually um, let... Uh, Turner walk, and he said he said a prison sentence would have a severe impact on Brock Turner, as if prison sentences aren't supposed to have that impact. And then he also said that he is sure that Brock Turner will not be uh, he will not be a danger to others. And like that element of a danger to others is like that is what we're talking about. That is speaking for others, anyways. So to to add to that, you know, there is that institutional piece that you know it. The institution, it's like a chicken or an egg situation when you go to the beginning of time trying to figure out, you know, which came first, the institution or, like, the individuals running the institution. But now, in this day and age, when you're born into this, it's the institution because we are forced to navigate this, you know? Yeah, we have to. So, you know, now we you know, we really just want to highlight, you know, the, the impact that rape culture had on, you know, women of color. And, you know, we really want to transition the conversation now to, like, how do we combat rape culture in our own lives as three men of color, right? Um, who who realize that you know we're a part of this 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 system. We're a part of. We've been socialized. Um, we're in this space where we want to become better. Where we we want to we want to become allies um, with women. Um, but we also recognize that in our professional spaces that we have a duty of educating, of serving, um, and raising like literally the next generation that's coming after us. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I really want to talk about, you know, you know, the things that we do in our educational spaces to really combat rape, rape culture. I, I know Mark does some dope work in his school, and I want to talk about that. And then, you know, we, Pat and I will talk about what we do in our, our, our respective spaces. Yeah. So, um, as you know, I may not know, I'm a, I'm a 10th grade um, high school um, English teacher, and this curriculum was, uh, was constructed by my colleague, and I've uh, played a part in shaping how it looks and how it's now... Um, given this person to my students and right now we're heavily in the unit and it's very interesting because a lot of things are coming up but I want to say first that like the way we started is interesting we really start with a temperature check mm-hmm. and like a week or two before we we get into the unit we give a really small small looking like an exit ticket to our students um, all, all from all sexes and, and, and backgrounds that simply says, um, are you comfortable discussing mm-hmm. um, issues when it comes to rape, sexual assault, and sexual harassment? And when a student says no, we immediately give them a whole separate unit mm-hmm. that is self-paced and give them a space to work outside the classroom so they can work on their... They, they can still get the rigor that they need. Mm-hmm. For the students that are ready... Um, we kind of we, we kind of launch in, and what we did this year was very interesting. Was we we, we used the empathy approach, right? Because I remember in, in talking with with the black boys last year, with, with the boys in my classroom last year, some of them found it very difficult to talk about rape culture and rape mm. because as 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 young men, right, we don't necessarily have to deal with it, right? So what we did was we um, played a video. A YouTube video called uh, Sons Getting React to Their Mothers Getting Cat Called. Mm. And then we had them reflect on that, the whole class. And from there, we uh, created like an interview assignment. And we asked 
and sent a, a, a homework assignment home that asked them to interview um, someone in their lives, teacher, sister, mother, or aunt, and their experiences when it came uh, to being sexually harassed um, or sexually assaulted. And I, before we sent them home with that, we purposely modeled, my colleague and I, and other people in the department, modeled how much you interview someone to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And from there, boys and girls, everybody went back, came back to the classroom. Those were their homework, actually. Um, and we, we had, we, we, they shared their experiences and what they heard. And what that did, it was really, it kind of tightened the community a little bit because the boys and girls were able to see that, wow, like my colleague in the class um, has dealt with this, their sister or or their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and that's, and that's, how, that's how we kind of rolled it out. And I could go on forever on what that unit kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be real, it was, uh, we showed 45. Mm-hmm. 45, right? And when 45 was on that bus, <sighs> talking about how he, like, groped women um, in certain ways, mm. I showed the class that. Um, and not to, to, to purport on them ideas of, of uh, you know, to, to show, you know, what kind of men was on the country, but more so to see how... Um, the leader of the, of, the, of the nation, how does he, he talk? Mm-hmm. And from that, I had some students walk out, leave, upset, angry, come out, and talk about their experience even more. I've learned things about my students in this unit this year and last year I've never even imagined, mm-hmm. right? Which makes me even more open to having this conversation because I realized that there are educators in other classrooms who are not having this conversation. Mm. That there are kids being oppressed, being violated emotionally, verbally, um, or even physically in their classrooms, and they ain't doing nothing. So I realized that, like, this position I have in doing this work is a call to action, but it's a call for freedom, too. Mm -hmm. And then when I see these kids opening up and talking... I'm realizing, like, yes, it's uncomfortable for me, but it's sometimes liberating for them. Because mm. then we have speakers come in, right? We we talk about consent and what that looks like, mm. how that how that changes, um, you know, uh, 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 throughout the states, mm. how it can happen to boys too, mm. right? Some girls have told me in my classroom, right, that like, you know, they didn't know this was a thing, you know, so. Rape culture, I think, also too, is not having the conversations from young. Yeah, that right? contributes to it. It, it contributes to it yeah. because, like, boys and the girls in the classroom, right, grow up thinking that oh, this is normal. Yeah. Right. So I realized, and again, I can go on and on what that looks like in my classroom, and I'm open to sharing resources and talking more about that. But it gets political and it gets emotional. It gets it gets kind of it gets kind of messy, mm-hmm. you know. Because you know, as as working for the Department of Education, we are mandated reporters. Mm-hmm. So I also tell my kids, right? You know, whatever you tell me, 
depending on on, on the, 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 the 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 seriousness of, of it, I have to report it. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back by also saying too, we also like a, like a classroom community where we have these norms, right? Mm-hmm. Being in maturity, uh, using qualifiers, and we also have safe words. Mm-hmm. So when a kid uses the, like say the word pineapple or orange juice, we stop the class and we'll talk about those things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. These norms that we've established have allowed students to feel kind of comfortable in some ways of being. And by by that's so dope that y'all do that because by establishing those norms, it allows for students to feel like they are a part of the process, not being spoken to right. or lectured to. It's like they were a part in creating this environment where they then feel safe. Um, and so I wanted to ask also, like. Um, because you see manifestations of it, like, you know, looking at a couple of the things that come up, it's like, don't uh, make children give give hugs to adults when they don't want to, whether that's family members or mm-hmm. teachers, because, you do, like, that's telling them that their bodies are not theirs, right. that, you know, um, there's also, like, don't, like, when boys are teasing girls by saying that those are just boys being boys or that they're doing it because they like mm-hmm. them, you know, that's devaluing the discomfort of that student, and these are things that... Or normalizing it, too. Normalizing it yes right. yes um, and then also like the dress code policies that are in schools you know in in ways if not you know approached in the right way can police the oh, bodies yeah. of, of the course. students you yeah. know and ha- like all of these things and then we're asking them to learn yeah <laughs> it's true you know yeah. um, and I wanted to ask like in those situations you know will like We'll have parents that may come and be upset that we're teaching about race because they would argue that we're now instilling that race upon their student as opposed to, you know, that like, so why are we teaching this? Or like homophobia has the same thing where it's like some parents will push back and be like, why are you teaching my kids this? Because they're existing in this world. So like, I wanted to ask, like, in the conversation of rape culture, have you ever had like a student who went back to their parents and, and said something or like parents that may not be comfortable with you teaching about rape culture? Short answer, no. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I've only been in the game for, like, um, it's my second year, and... Praise be to God that no no no, no one has no one has come from my neck yet yeah, you know yeah, and I yeah. hope that doesn't happen and, and and I must say like you know I'm I'm also in a school where I'm allowed to, to flex like this mm. I'm able to be this I could be funky in my school and do right. things like this like yeah. you know what I mean so like um all schools can't come through and um do do what I'm doing in my, not because I, I, I'm, I'm this I'm this dope progressive teacher my school is very supportive yeah. my principal supports this my department support, supports mm-hmm. this so like if anything would have happened they got my back I, I, I fell you yeah. know yeah. so I also would, 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 would you know before someone tries this at home right in their, in their classroom make sure again that you have a supportive environment mm-hmm. not only your classroom but also your school culture with your admin and your, and your colleagues is very supportive as well hey, shout, shout out to Mike to Mark's admin man <laughs> they sound dope I, I, you know I think that's, an, that's important that's an important piece about this work right where like obviously the teachers and the educators have to be have to be well prepared and trained mm-hmm. in order to, in order to have these conversations but I think it's also, you know, I always think about, you know, how when schools are run, it's, it's, it's the school leader's responsibility to make sure that the context and the environment of the school is prepared to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if your school leader is not, like, one to want to have these conversations or they don't think these conversations are important or they're mm-hmm. scared to have these conversations, then they're definitely not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what does that look like on a school leader tip? Um, but I think, you know, moving forward and talking about... Um, you know, my experience, what I've done when I, when I, when I educate young, 
young students, um, and the boys in particular, right? Because I taught middle school, and you know they were you know they were called they were called girls, you know, young girls as they were out their name and th- and things like that, and. Um, a lot of teachers would just like let it go. They mm-hmm. just let it, you know, it happened. Like, okay, he didn't mean it or whatever. Um, try to suppress it with mm-hmm. with the young woman. But like for me, I, I after realizing in college, you know, how um, important this was and the impact that you know these just words itself, mm-hmm. right? Words that the impact that words had. Um, especially on people who may have even been survivors that we don't even know are sitting in the room, right? Mm. You say the word rape, that might trigger some type of trauma mm. for a survivor um, in the space. And it's like, I'm like, yo, you know, I always have a conversation with that young boy or young woman who who, who used that um, inappropriate language. And like 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 you said, you, you talk with your kids about that that perspective aspect about like you know what if that is your mother, your sister, your aunt. Yeah. Um, that's the same thing I do. You know, I say, yo, what if what if I Right, mm. I, and I will be bold about it. like, yo, what if your mom came into the school and I called out her name like that, mm. and they'd be like, yo, I'll, I'll be mad, I'll, I'll hit you, or you know, they get violent, and I'm like, yeah, mm. you know, so why don't why won't you think that that young that that young woman who you just verbally assaulted um, doesn't have family members who are who will be just upset with you, mm. um, and just let just let, them, just let that marinate because that's heavy to drop, one, especially on a, on a young child, on, on mm. you know, 11, 12 year old, yeah. um, but it's important to have those conversations and it's important at, at a very young age for our young men especially to recognize that language um, is so important and perspective is so important right you know I was in, I was in college I wish I learned about rape culture oh, yeah, when, oh, I, when, yeah, I, was yeah. younger, when mm-hmm. I was in middle school or high school right and I actually I definitely wanted to, I wanted to acknowledge something that's going on in Kenya right now where they're seeing an epidemic of sexual assault um, says the text and um <clears throat> An epidemic. I think you know. I think social it's, it's, it's an epidemic everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in the in the text, it's, it's talking about how they have this program called No Means No. Oh yeah. Worldwide. And I saw this video on yeah, Facebook yeah, a, couple, yeah. a, a couple weeks ago, whatever, and it just resonated with me. Where they they're, they're training young boys and young girls separately mm-hmm. around rape culture, right? Mm-hmm. So at first, when when they interview the boys and, and they ask them, you know, do you think rape culture is? I mean, you know, they they talk about um. You know, seeing girls by themselves and things like that. The boys like, you know, if if a, if a woman, if a girl's walking um, outside and it's dark, or if she's wearing a short skirt, then she deserved it, mm-hmm. um, just based on the context or based on what she was wearing. And then after they, you know, they had that training on rape culture as young boys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they then realized that you know that it that that's not what it was and that's mm-hmm. not what it meant. So it's mm-hmm. about this like you know kind of this unlearning. Um, and becoming unsocialized, and they had this. They had, um, and on the other side, with women, they have self. Um, with the young girls, they had self-defensive training, mm-hmm. right? And the, you know, the girls, wow. they, they they'll train them to say, you know, no means no, right. and they'll 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 physically train them in the in the art of self-defense, right. mm-hmm. and the that that they were caught, you know, if they were if they found themselves in this situation, um, and you know, I'm just wondering, you know, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. In, in our communities, yeah. right? Like, obviously, you know, we can't drop a pin and say, like, you know, everybody gets um, sexual assault and rape culture training. But, like, in a, in, in, a, in a better world, right, this work, right, these realizations will have come to young men mm-hmm. at a younger age. Right. Automatically. Auto- yeah. You know, it, and they will be intentional, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it being intentional means that, you know, people have thought deeply um and have and recognize that, that there's a problem, mm. right? Because you know what, what really sparked this conversation is what's 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 been going on in the, in the media. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Your, your your boy Charlemagne. Is not, 
not not um but you know the you know the Harvey Weinstein oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, um, that's not my boy the, <laughs> but like you know it's happening and, and and the reason why the reason why there's there's so much media attention is because these women are coming out in large numbers right mm. when the, when the thing happened with Bill Cosby son oh yeah and that was that was tough for our community because we had to recognize like yo Bill Cosby has done a lot of like dope work in media right. As, right. A, as a black man yeah. but like yo when there's smoke there's fire mm-hmm. yeah. right just because he hasn't been prosecuted on any, right. on any of these charges doesn't mean that he didn't do it right. 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 you right. can have 20 plus women come yeah. and, and this is what's happening now so so I am happy that 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 you know that this is now garnering a, a national um National media attention, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's it's important, and I think this will like really show men that yo, it's it's really time to, to wake like, up, to wake up, and to be aware, mm-hmm. um, to be sensitive, mm-hmm. um, and to really try to do some of this unlearning that we need to do in order to become better mm-hmm. um, for ourselves, for our future children, and for the women around us. Yeah, um, yo, that was you put that. What's on my mind is the fact that like I realized like this conversation literally like hit me. Because, like, I saw Charlemagne the God talking about this. And I'm like, yo, Charlemagne is talking about this? Yeah. Mm. You know? And he was being open and vulnerable. And although he's focused on these macro issues, it really spoke to me like, we got to do the same exact thing. Not because he set the example, mm. but it's like, yo, silence is um is, is is a complicity. Charlemagne be getting mad shout outs on this show. I don't no, know. You don't, no, you don't. I, I mentioned him in a black got, privilege. I got um, I got issues with the man. No, no, no. I did. And, you know, that's that's for a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me for that. Yeah, yeah. He got a lot of work to do. We'll like like we it. all do. Yeah, yeah. Um but he don't get no shout outs from me. I did want to say like in terms of the work that I do, um you know, I don't necessarily work with students on a daily, uh, but I do see the ways in which this rape culture may manifest from, you know, kind of like the top down in the experience of schooling. Um, and it, it it is all related to kind of like, you know, if there's a situation in the school where students are, you know, teetering that line of rape culture and like it needs to be addressed in that moment, if, if you know, administration and staff does not feel equipped with necessarily mm-hmm. the, the, the dialogue or the jargon or like the, the, you know, taking advantage of that learning opportunity, then once again, things get perpetuated as, um, all right or, right or, you know, orthodox practice mm-hmm. in that school um, and what that says to students and what that says to the student who did it the first time, didn't get in trouble, then did it the second time mm-hmm. and is, is angry because he's like, you know, he's been doing this and it's not a problem, you know, so it, it really addresses the, um, you know, touching on things from a young age is that's that's the trend that we need to be on because if we not touching, if we not, if we not, um, you know, kind of addressing these things at a young age, society going to address them first, and we know how society sees them. Yeah, man. Um, thank you, guys. So I think at this point, this concludes kind of our discussion. And I think, you know, it's, it's time to wrap up, and, and let's go into our footnotes. So my footnote is really causing me to create a juxtaposition between this book I read and this conversation. In Bell Hooks's, uh Teachings to Transgress, she writes about you can't talk about the bluest eye without talking about race mm-hmm. because it becomes a political decision, right? Mm-hmm. And it really makes me wonder, right? Like, it's a political decision not to talk about rape culture, mm-hmm. right? If you don't talk about rape culture, you allow it to flourish, like talk, not talking about race. People are often like, I'm not going to talk about this in my classroom because... Um, 
it's too problematic. Well, it's problematic if we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, my footnote would be, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to really have this, this space um, to work through some of the things that I've been struggling with, you know, throughout my entire life um, and not realizing I've been struggling through it mm-hmm. um, until this point. And this point is definitely a, a big point, I would say, in my life to where I'm recognizing that there's still more work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate this space. Um, I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the dialogue. And, you know, I think, you know, just, just moving forward for me, it's, it's really about just like just learning. Right. So like I'm, I, I love to learn. I, I love to learn new things. I love to learn about perspectives. Um, and I, I just want the, pe- the people around me, especially the women around me, to 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 be my leaders um, as I embark on this path or continue to embark on this path of self-discovery um, as it relates to around, you know, around the female perspective and, and rape culture itself. You know, how do I not um, perpetuate it? How how do I not become um, complicit? And ultimately, most importantly, how do I become a, uh, an ally, um, like a real ally? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I don't think it's fair. For me to be out here um, really advocating on, on talking about race and black boys and, 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 and things like that and, and leave women by the wayside, mm-hmm. right? I don't, you know, I, I, there's, there's, there's big problems with that for me. So, you know, I'm in this space where, you know, I, I have the space to be vulnerable, but I know there's a lot more work for me to do. And I'm ready to embark on that. So I would say that we understand nothing, but that nothing is the truth and that societies are built to yield the the results that they produce, right? So um, I feel like oftentimes we lose ourselves trying to stay afloat, literally trying to pay rent in this, you know, paternalistic, capitalistic society that we're living in, that you may not pay attention to the ways in which things that do not directly affect you affect others, um, especially when you're benefiting off of that society. And, um, you know, when you detach it from its violent consequences, the chameleon nature of oppression is actually quite brilliant. It's impressive and it's, it's covert and it will continue to perpetuate um, as long as we are willing to stay ignorant to things that we know are going on. Like there's like a physical distance that allows us to to numb ourselves to that to that reality. Um, so I would say like my if if we're going with like a complete circle, my ray of understanding is kind of at like a 107 degree angle where it's like when I look at the world, I can kind of like view it from <laughs> from like a 107 degree angle but I'm trying to get full 360 mm. and that you know I, I'm not there yet I don't think any of us are um, and that's the purpose of this conversation so um, you know that concludes our conversation our very challenging conversation um, but it was necessary to have um, so you know please provide feedback yes. you know, we're, we're here we want to we want to hear um, the voices of our listeners um, we want to hear about you know what topics do you want to hear us discuss um, what do you you know? What do you think we should talk about? We're here for you. We're here for the people. Fubu, not real Fubu, but yeah. our Fubu for us by us. Yeah. Um, but you know, feel free to reach us out. Reach out at us. Um, Instagram at the number three educator brothers. That's Black Brothers, um, with A S at the end. Um, same thing on um, Facebook, like our Facebook page, and you know, check out our podcast. So the podcast is on. SoundCloud and it's also on um, iTunes, Apple iTunes, and feel free to um, to provide a review um, with some comments. You know, we would deeply appreciate it. And I'm gonna drop this real quick, if that's okay. Drop it. Um, email us at info at 3educatebrothers.com 
especially if you're doing this work too, um, in terms of if this episode was about rape culture, um, I invite you in to email us because I wanna I wanna learn some new things from you from you all too. And looking forward to catch you all in the next two weeks. Peace. Thank you.